0: I think people are
1: waking up as far as i can see they are they're waking up at different levels it all happened in uh, 2020 i think is when the the, the great awakening began <laughs> and then it's like me and you we've been awake for a very long time um but these people are just waking up they're just getting their chin out of the cornflakes they're just rubbing their eyes going something's not right here <laughs> and uh, the good news for those people is we're here to give them the right information and the uh that's what
0: we've got to do we've got to steer them on the right path so if we just talk about solutions yes uh because everybody's aware of the problems really what would you say because i've heard you speak on richard's show and it was very impressive what would you say are the key solutions that we Mm -hmm. could, could start employing right away oh there's a whole load of things um as you know i
1: set up the sovereign project um now, what it is, it's, it's it's changing your state of mind is one of the easiest things. I say easy as long as you want to, as long as you want to change your state of mind. Because most people are brainwashed, okay? They are slaves, and they act like slaves. So when they're told to do something, they literally do it. Um, so you have to break that slave mentality, and you become sovereign. You get the sovereign mindset. So some of these things um, is not being allowed people to tell you what to do so stop doing that but some of the okay solutions are very difficult for me to explain if people don't understand how the system works that's the problem so you've got people running around um, you know uh, terrified of what's happening millions of people have woken up to you know central bank digital currencies 50 minute cities all this uh, the bank's shutting them down um whole load of nasty stuff that's on the cars you know digital id all this sort of stuff But the average person does not know that they can simply just decline all of this because they don't realize what government is, because a government is a corporation, it's a dead entity, it doesn't actually exist. So when you actually wake up to that and you go, you know, oh, right, okay, so what is government? I can't shake hands with government, I don't know what government looks like, I, I can't have a conversation with government. It's a legal fiction, which means it exists on paper only. It's a corporation. And and because it's a dead entity, it has no rights. So the first thing you should do is wake up to that. So when you're being told, like, you've got to wear a mask, for example, like many people was a few couple of years ago, people should, should have said, who? Who's saying that I should be wearing a mask? Give me the name of the person and then that person has got to provide evidence of a contract where I've given them uh, authority to tell me to wear a mask. And if they can't do that, then they have no authority over me, and I haven't agreed to it in a contract. So the Sovereign Project teaches people how contracts work, um, how to protect your signature, how affidavits work, how the court process works, all this sort of stuff. So I have to try and wake people up. (laughs) <laughs> which is very difficult so in 2020 a lot of people woke up to what was happening okay so they realised something is very wrong they're having their freedoms liberties and all of us to be taken away and they're realizing that money money's is uh, becoming tight and inflation's getting you know getting quite serious so they realize something is very very wrong but i have to educate people on how the system works first before they can understand the um solutions Okay, and perhaps if we've got time, we can get into some of these solutions. It's like money. I mean, a lot of people are talking about this cashless thing. That's fine. But this is quite easy to deal with because, okay, one of the ways that the average person is hoodwinked is through language. Okay, so the average person, they go to school, unfortunately, state school. So you're not taught anything about language, you don't know the meaning behind any of these words. So people do not know the meaning of resident, occupier. They do not, do not know the meaning behind the word um, register. So if you're going to register something, you're handing over ownership. They don't realize this. And one of the things is they don't realize that the word cash is just a slang word. It doesn't have any legal meaning. It doesn't have any meaning. So these shops, they can turn around and say, we're not taking cash anymore. We go, fine, not a problem with me. I'm not offering cash. I'm offering legal tender. They have to take this. It's all in the language. Any shop that is registered with a UK corporation is obligated to take legal tender. They have to. So if you offer legal tender three times and they absolutely refuse to take it, then the goods are free. You can take the goods because there is no longer an obligation to pay for it. So if the average person knew that, this cashless thing would start coming to an end. You could go into Starbucks, (laughs) order a whole load of coffees, and if they say we don't take cash you're saying that's no, not, not a problem i'm not offering cash i'm offering
0: a legal tender you have to take this starbucks <laughs> and if they and, don't
1: um, obviously-
0: i mean uh, i was talking to richard vose about this yeah. and we, we were talking about um okay well he was saying that there was nowhere to park at our talk last night and yeah. all the parking meters had plastic covers over them the only way to pay was by phone so my argument was well look if you've said to the machine I'm offering you cash three times and the machine doesn't respond. Therefore, parking is free.
1: Correct. Correct. I mean, you can quite easily, you could have parked in there. And what you could have done is if you took a picture of yourself next to the the parking meter, which is all wrapped up. You're holding this. (laughs) You're there ready to pay. It's legal tender. It's got the Queen's face on it. Okay. Any... Corporation, registered to the UK Corporation, is linked to the Bank of England. They are obligated to take this. They cannot refuse it. So you take the picture, you park in the car park, and then you go. But if they give you a parking ticket, you sue. (laughs) You say, look, I was there on the day. Here you go. I've got a photograph of myself with the note. There was no one there who wanted to take it. By the way, parking tickets as well. This is the thing that people are beginning to learn is that parking, parking ticket companies don't have the right to just send you a fine. That's not how it works. All they can do is they can send you a notice and say, look, we noticed that you parked in our park, car park for two hours and it's a pound an hour. So you owe us two pounds and that's all they can do. But then you can actually dispute that in court. You see, the fine, here's the thing with going back to the language sort of thing again. The average person doesn't understand the meaning behind words. A fine is something that you have to pay if you've agreed to a contract. It's like if you've broken a policy within a contract, then you pay a fine. Okay. so what would happen is if you go to court and then you're actually found guilty of whatever it is and that you are found that you are in breach of a contract then you would be paying a fine now the thing is is the parking ticket companies they've got to take you to court first they can't just send you a fine you know hang on a minute where's my due process (laughs) you've got to give me three letter process at first you've got to give me a notice to say that i owe you money and then we've got to deal with this if we can't come to terms and we can't sort this out then we'll deal with it in court but the average person doesn't know that so when they get a parking ticket fine they start panicking and going what do I do what do I do Again, it's all in the language. But yeah, cash is slang. I don't use the term cash. I say legal tender. By the way, the word legal tender, the word legal means contract. Okay, legal contract. So whenever you hear the word legal or illegal, it is always referring to a contract. So legal tender. And the word tender means that you will tend to the debt in the future. Okay, so if you use these notes, you're not paying for anything. OK, all you're saying is that we are now entering into a contract and I will pay that debt sometime in the future because this is what is called a promissory note. It says on it, promise to pay the bearer the sum off, even though the writing is so small, you can't even see it because <laughs> it's that small. Because what's happening is, is so many people are now waking up to this fiat currency promissory note stuff that people are beginning to question it. And the people who print these, which is the Bank of England, are beginning to worry. So they shrink the letters down. But yeah, cashless is easy. 15-minute cities is easy. Um, Just about everything that people are worried about right now is very easy to deal with if the average person will stand their ground and become sovereign and deal with it. Use their own paperwork. This is what I've been doing for years. Now, this is something else we're going to tell some of your uh, viewers is do not use forms don't fill out forms okay because if you're filling out forms you're using someone else's paperwork and you're entering into their jurisdiction you've basically contracted with them this is why the government and sort of corporations love forms because they'll send you a form you'll fill it out you'll send it back you've contracted well regardless of what that form's about also people should stop using phone calls and texts and emails um, to try and deal with issues stop doing that get into the written Okay, so start writing notices. Use your computer, print it out. You can make your own templates on your computer. And then start serving notice. It's like the 15-minute cities. <laughs> it's so easy when you know how it works. So let me explain how the 15-minute cities work.
0: Now. Just before you do that, can no, we sure. go back to parking tickets for a moment? So okay. Somebody gives you a parking ticket. What is the simplest way to make it go away?
1: Yes. We actually have a remedy for parking tickets on the Sovereign Wiki, okay? So this is something we've started, it's quite new. Um, so I have a website called the sovereignproject.live, and on there, there's a link to the Sovereign Wiki. Now the Sovereign Wiki is going to be free to use, anyone can use it, they can put information on there and it's free for anyone to use it. It's like a Wikipedia, but it's the Sovereign version. And on there, there is actually a um, a template remedy for parking tickets. But the first thing is, it depends on how you received the, the ticket. Did it come through the post? Was it stuck on your car? That sort of stuff. So you take a look at the documentation. You should do this with anything. So when you receive any documentation, whether it be through the post or whatever, saying that you must pay a bill or you must pay a fine or whatever it is, people need to learn how to check what is wrong with it. Now, one of the first things people should notice is it's not signed. So you, people, if you get something through the post saying demand for money, but it hasn't been signed, then that document is toilet paper. It has no lawful or legal standing. Because it's not signed, you don't know who sent it. If you don't know who sent it, how can you ascertain obligation that you should even respond to it? How can I ascertain obligation that I should even be paying them? So that's the very first thing you do. You say, well, it hasn't been signed. Okay, it says, legal team. Doesn't mean anything to me. So... One of the things you can do, you can do a notice of unable to respond. So you can send a notice of unable to respond and say something like, "Um, I cannot even respond to this mail that I've received because it's not signed. I don't recognize the addressee. There's not enough evidence for even me to put something together to even understand what's going on. Um, So hereby, I'm sending it back. So you send it back with a notice of unable to respond plus your fee. Everything is commerce. Everything is commerce. The courts of commerce, the banks of commerce, the um, police officers, commerce. It's all commerce. Your birth certificate is a corporation operating within commerce. Okay, you are a ghost director of your birth certificate corporation. Treat it as commerce. So, if you have to respond to any of these parking tickets straight off, charge them. You charge them administration costs. So it's five hundred pound. If I've got to reply to a letter that hasn't even I haven't requested. Someone else has sent it to me. They haven't filled it out correctly. I'm going to send it back with my fee schedule and say, right, well, it's going to cost you 500 quid. So one of the ways to get with the parking tickets, they'll probably send you a parking ticket for 65 quid, 95 quid or whatever it is. Well, because they're sending you um, templated automated nonsense that you can't deal with and you have to keep res- returning it back to them, you keep charging them 500 pound, 500 pound, 500 pound. Eventually, your bill will exceed theirs. So I've done this in the past and then by the time it gets up to like 1500 pound that they, they owe me and they're coming after me for 75 they come back and say okay we've dropped it we've we've retracted the ticket <laughs> but parking okay, tickets are a little bit more complicated than that but I have just given you a basic overview if you want if you want to know more there is a remedy on the
0: sovereign wiki so help yourself to that and well, would I be right that um uh in legalese the word must means may correct absolutely correct it's all legalese nonsense it's um
1: must just means may so if you're get say if you were overweight or something like that and you were talking to a personal trainer and the personal trainer has giving you guidelines and advice and he says oh you must lose weight does that mean you absolutely have to no <laughs> okay thanks for your advice and st- keep eating the jammy donuts <laughs> whatever it is so no um this is what people have got to start doing is they've got to start learning how to read the average person is illiterate this is by design because they've gone to state schools, so you're not taught how to read you don't know the meaning behind words and you can't spot the legalese most of the documentation that the average person receives today isn't even written in english and it's not even using the Oxford English Dictionary, it's using the Black's Law Dictionary. And there's a lot of words on there that's written in dog Latin and Latin and all sorts of stuff. I mean, one of the dirty tricks that, um, say for example, councils will do with these fake um, court um, summons for council tax, is it they will create an article. So it's not an official document, it's an article. Artifi- article means artificial, okay? with no lawful or legal standing. So they'll send you an article, like a comic book. And the average person will look at that and think, oh, my God, that's a real genuine document. And I go, well, first of all, is it signed? No, it isn't. So it's not. So they'll send you an article, and they'll use all sorts of different language on there. Now, one of them, you might it'll say, in, it normally says something like, Summoned to Court. But it'd be written in all caps. Now, if I'm using English to try and read that, then that does not say, Summoned to Court because it's an acronym. Because if I see something written in English, and it all caps are used, that's an acronym. Okay, meaning that every letter refers to a word. Okay, so ASAP. That's an acronym, which means as soon as possible. So if they send you a document, and it says summoned to court, and it's written in all caps, it does not say summoned to court. So you've got to send it back and say, look, I can't read this. Can you please tell me what the S means and the U means and the M means? (laughs) You can send documents back and you can ask them, can you please please tell me what language you're using and what dictionary you're using before I can even deal with this? And by the way, I'm just charging you 500 quid. (laughs) So every time you do a reply, charge 500 pounds.
0: (laughs) Would they respond better if you um if your fee was five thousand <laughs> maybe so yes you can. you can pick your fees anything you like
1: the way i choose my fee my fee used to be three 350 so i should charge 350 but we've got inflation so it's now 500 so i came to the 500 is say for example you went to a solicitor and you ask them to draw a draw up a letter for you how much would they charge so low level solicitor, he might charge you two hundred pounds a letter, maybe three hundred and fifty, maybe six hundred pounds. If you go to uh, one of these uh, lawyers in London and they charge three three and a half thousand pounds an hour, they're going to charge you three and a half thousand pounds for a letter because they'll say it took us an hour. So yeah, <laughs> pick your fee. <laughs> Just be realistic though. don't go ten billion dollars or something. <laughs>
0: okay so i I interrupted you and you were about to speak about oh the 15-minute cities yes right okay
1: now here's the thing 15-minute cities and this really applies to everything but every people need to remember three things let's try and make it simple for now one is informed consent one is obligation and one is authority Okay, so whenever you're actually being told you've got to do something right, the first thing is, is, well, hang on a minute. Where is my informed consent? Did I consent to this? And it has to be informed. It can't be sneakily done. A car salesman can't sell you a car that's got 200,000 miles on it and wind the clocks back and sell it to you with only 50,000 miles on and not tell you. Because although you consented to buy the car, it's not informed. Okay, so that's not informed consent. You were not told that the car's been clogged. So, informed consent is number one. So, where is your informed consent? Where did you even agree to these 15 minutes, cities? Okay, remember the government and the UK, they are corporations. Parliament is a corporation, the same as McDonald's. People have got to get this into their heads, right? Government has no authority at all. We'll get into authority in a minute. Next thing people should question is obligation. Am I obligated? Am I obligated to do 15-minute cities? And the only way to be obligated is if I agreed in a contract. There has to be a contract somewhere. I have to, you know, the the prime minister who runs this corporation called the UK should come to me and says, like, I'd like to restrict your travel to 15 minutes from where you live. Here's the contract. And you go, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. I'll sign that. And then he signs it. Now it applies to me. Now I'm obligated. I've signed the contract. And then the third thing is authority. Where are they getting the authority from? Okay, So if I haven't given my informed consent and I have not accepted the obligation, then where are they getting the authority from to limit my travel? How can they tell me to 15 minutes from my home? How can they even do that? Well, here's another thing about the brainwashing. People think government has authority. It doesn't. People have been brainwashed into, say, the authorities i hear it all the time if you hear anyone using that language they're brainwashed give them a slap (laughs) and say there's no such thing as authorities now there's only one authority and that is yours that's where it comes from you are the sovereign you are the author of your authority that's where the word comes from authority author okay it has to come from me So if someone is trying to apply authority upon you, you say, where are you getting this from? Because I don't remember giving it to you. For someone to have authority over me, I have to give it to them. And this is usually done through a contract. So if I go and work for somebody, okay, I will allow them to have authority over me within the limitations of that contract. Simple as. So the boss can tell me what to do within the limitations of the contract between 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, whatever. Now, this is the thing about the mandate stuff. When everyone's in, I'm being mandated to take an take a injection. And you go, well, did you sign a contract for that? You know, if you're working as a plumber and you, you agree to fix toilets, where's, in, where's the clause in the contract saying that your boss has the right to mandate you to have a medical procedure? When does it say it? It doesn't. This is when I realized people, oh, my God, they don't understand contract law. So going back to the 15-minute cities, Now, here's the thing. The people who run the corporation called Government UK, they have a problem, okay? They know they can't force you. They know that they can't limit your travel in any way, shape, or form. They can't do it, okay? They physically can't do it, as you, the living, breathing man or woman, the sovereign individual. They cannot do this because it violates your rights, okay? And it would be unlawful. It would be a criminal act. So they have to trick you. And they do that through registration okay so the way it works is the easiest way for them is through your car so what you've done is with your car you have registered it okay you have what is called a license plate on that license means asking permission you're using something owned by someone else under license so you don't own your car because you've given it away. You've given it to the DVLA. The DVLA is a corporation. Okay? It's now become a government property. They own it. Okay, In quotes, there's no informed consent here. So it's still a scam. So don't panic, everyone. But this is how they do it. You registered it. Basically, the car is placed into trust. I'll keep it simple. And you've now become the registered keeper. Okay, So you're the registered keeper. All you have left is the right to use government property. Okay, because it's now under license and because it's government property now, you need a driver's license. (laughs) This is where driver's license comes from. If you owned your car outright, you would not need a driver's license. Period. Now, what else have you done? Because you've registered your car with DVLA, which is a corporation, you've accepted all their policies, which is the highway code. The highway code is just a book of policies. That belong to a corporation a bit like mcdonald's if you go and work for mcdonald's they'll have a book of policy that you have to follow you're going to wear a uniform you're going to do this that that's the policies of mcdonald's so you've accepted the policies of the dvla that now means that all the speed limits that you see which are state speed limits apply to you because you're driving government property which is registered to the dvla now you've done this and you're you are now restricted so this is how ules works so ules only applies to given property being driven around with license plates on okay well they they can send you fines now because you've accepted the contract okay so that's what you've done it's again there's no informed consent you were not told about this this is why the contract is null and void But because of the congestion charge, because of the ULES, all they can do now, they can very easily do 15-minute cities. They just slide it in with all the other policies of that corporation called the DVLA. And because there's cameras everywhere, they'll just click and they'll notice that, oh, that government property that you're driving is now 20 minutes away from your home. Here's a fine. No different than ULES. No different than congestion charge. No different than... The speed cameras, it's the same. That's how they're doing it. So they trick you. Now, there is a solution. And again, this is mindset stuff. People have got to wake up and realize there is no law saying you have to register your car. You don't. You can take it back. You can use you can use the service of the DVLA if you wish. Or if you don't want to, you can send notice of termination and take your car back and say, thank you very much. I no longer wish to register my car with DVLA. I would like my property back. And please send me back the manufacturer's statement of origin and the certificate of conformity. Thank you very much. And by the way, I will give you 30 days to remove all my details from your database. And if you don't, I will sue you. (laughs) You take your car back. As soon as you take your car back, you own it. You've got a law title now. Now that you own that car outright, so there is no third party that can make claim to it, you don't need a driver's license. You don't need MOT. You don't need road tax. None of these nonsense state speed limits apply. The yellow the yellow um, parking mark markings on the road, they don't apply to you anymore because you're not in that jurisdiction. You see how it works. It's all commerce. You've been tricked. So that is how you deal with the car side of things. And it also gets rid of EULAs. It gets rid of congestion car, a charge. It gets rid of the paper mile that want to bring out. Also, you're not liable to pay VAT or duty on petrol. So suddenly your petrol costs are very cheap.
0: <laughs> so so <clears throat> if you're doing 160 down the motorway and the police stop you mm-hmm. and you've deregistered and uh, what 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 then because I was yes. gonna turn my camera off for a moment so but I'm still here. What sure. what then?
1: Well, what has happened is that the the, the police have act, have acted uh, unlawfully, okay? Because they had no right to pull you over in the first place. So it doesn't matter what you were doing. Okay, You can be doing 70, 80, that does not matter. They don't have the right to pull you over because you are driving your own car. You own it outright. Now, remember, the police are just corporations. They are a private, for-profit corporation. The police officers, all they are do, they are policy enforcers. That's all they do. In fact, the police operate independently to the DVLA. So what is happening is that the police might notice that you've breached a policy of the DVLA. They'll pull you over, and then all they're doing is asking you, would you like to pay us? And, of course, the average person, because they've been dumbed down so much, they don't understand what's going on. They think that the police deal in law, but they don't, okay? The people have been dumbed down that much. They think they have to follow corporate legislation. You don't. okay? And of course, people have been brainwashed to fear the police and do as you're told when dealing with the police, which you don't. There is no obligation to deal with the police at all because they're a private corporation just like McDonald's. So, yes, um, you can then sue because what they've done is they've violated your right to travel. So this is going back to the 15-minute city thing again. So with the 15-minute cities, everyone has the right to travel, okay? So you can travel from A to B, and you no one has the right to stop you. Now, if the police do stop you, they're violating your right to travel, and then you can obviously sue them for
0: violating your rights.
1: Hopefully that's answered your question.
0: <laughs> so um, <clears throat> do you drive your car unlicensed?
1: Not yet, but I am working on it. Now, one of the things with um, deregistering your car, okay? Now, first of all, I am not telling anyone to do this. I would not suggest anyone. In fact, I don't tell anyone what to do. I just tell people how it works, okay? The thing with deregistering your car is at this point in this decade, the system is showing its cracks. It's beginning to break down. People are beginning to question it. In fact, that happened in 2020. Because people were waking up to what what they thought was law. They didn't like law that was coming from the government and they start looking for common law. So a lot of people started to question what was coming out of government back then. They started to question what law was. OK, so. The problem is, is these police now, the police on the streets are so dumbed down, they they do not know what they're actually literally doing. They're just being told to do stuff. OK, they don't know what the law is. They don't know what the corporate policy is in in any way, shape or form. And we've seen the YouTube videos. We've seen the police literally acting criminally. OK, they are not following due process. They're not answering questions here's another thing if you ask a police officer and you've got to identify yourself i need your name i need your badge number i need to see are you operating under your oath i want to see your warrant card all this sort of stuff the police are actually ignoring this now which means whatever they do is unlawful okay so as an individual this is going to be a, a hard fight if you want to do it you're going to get pulled over, you're going to get your car seized and all the rest of it. By the way, this is the same for everything. If you're trying to challenge uh, council tax, if you're trying to challenge the creditor of your mortgage, if you're trying to challenge utility bills, which, by the way, um, isn't gas and electric, you're buying debt, all this, if you're trying to do it as an individual, the corporations will just steamroller over the top of you. So this is a numbers game. The more people who actually get involved in this and start learning this, the better it is for everybody else. So um, if we can get, say, 100,000 people or more who do want to deregister their car, then it will happen. Because then 100,000 of us plus, we will all do it on the same day. And it's game over. So, yeah, it's a numbers game. So I can't tell anybody what to do. I just explain to people um,
0: how it works. Now, 100,000 isn't very many at all. No. I mean- uh, two friends of mine started the vaccine control group and they got three they've got 350,000 people just them yeah. start putting groups together surely there are going to be of each group of let's say 100,000 there might be 5,000 you want to do it that wouldn't take long to get to 100,000 I don't think I I have not realized it would, I have not thought that it might be such a low number really that would be effective but that, I mean, that's doable, I would it's say. Un,
1: yeah, I think it is, 100,000. I mean, the way I would do it, um, I'm talking with a lot of people, by the way, because the Sovereign Project now, we've got very good network. I know a lot of good people. Um, so we're all discussing this behind the scenes. Um, so the way that I would do this is, obviously, the 100,000 people who wanted to do it would need to be awake. They would need to be sovereign, okay? They must have the sovereign mindset. So they also need to know why they are doing it. So you have to understand that, yes, the government's a corporation. They have the right to terminate from the government, all this sort of stuff. I can't take anyone on who just wants to go along for the ride. So we need people who are awake and have learned this stuff. They know how the system works. They're good with their paperwork. Okay. so if, say, 100,000 plus people want to do this, every individual would have a following they'd have social media they'd have friends and family that's going along with it so you've got a hundred thousand people who want to do this you might have each of those individuals having another 50 people following them that's where the big numbers comes from so what you would do is you'd make it all nice and public you would put it across all sorts of social media you'll get a like a world buzz on this the people who wanted to do it would become would probably um We'd probably offer like a subscription like a yearly subscription say a hundred pound a year and i'm hoping that that would be enough to um hire the the professionals that i need so i'd have to put together my own legal team i do know people who um are solicitors barristers that sort of stuff or well, know of them that might be able to help so the idea is if everyone did this you would send in your paperwork terminate do all this correctly, you send your logbook back, you send your number plates back, you'd fit your new number plate, which would be a notice to say that this is now a private car, and you'd also put underneath there the cost if you were pulled over, which would be that 250000 So it would be a notice to a police officer. So if a policeman pulled over a private car, the, the, the damages is 250000 Okay, Then that person would know what to say, they'd have the book, the script, they'd have a pre-written notice ready to go, Um, We hope to have an app, so you'd have this emergency app. So if you were pulled over, you'd get your app on your phone, press the app, and that would ping out to all the other people on that network. So every single other person, they would get a ping. They would then be able to watch what was happening live. So all of a sudden, you've got 100,000 plus or more witnesses to exactly what's going on when you get pulled over. You get your camera and say, look, I've got 100,000 people watching this globally, at minimum okay in fact it even will ping your location so if you were quite local to that person you go oh he's only around the corner you could go around and meet him and then what would happen is you would serve notice on the policeman says this is private you don't have the right to stop me or whatever if the police acted criminally you've got it recorded we can sue the policeman personally okay so and if he tried to seize the car we've got him again I would not get into an altercation. If you got really serious, you say, fine, take the car, get an Uber, go home. And then the legal team would step in and they would sue the police station for a quarter of a million. So if you was driving around in an old banger, say, 1,500 quid old banger, fine, take it. But I'm going to see you in court. So when I get me 250,000, I'm going to go and buy myself a Bentley. <laughs> By the way, this isn't theory. Someone's done this in Texas. So all I'm doing is what he's done and trying to give it to everybody else. Because that's exactly what happened in Texas. The guy was driving around in his car, privately owned. He was The the police seized the car. They put him in jail for a few hours. And then he sued the police station for a quarter of a million dollars and bought a Porsche 911. (laughs)
0: That's great. That's great. We should all do that. There's an incentive, clearly, for people to do this. So, okay, so cars are one thing. Yeah. Let's look at a more serious level. Let's look at something like income tax. Yes. That's difficult to deal with, but
1: people have got to understand what is going on. You've been tricked, okay? So you've entered into a, um, a contract that you didn't realize you entered into. So income tax, say that you are an employee. Now, employee is a legal term, okay? It basically means implicated. So it means you're implicated with the corporation, okay? It doesn't necessarily mean that you get paid. It just means you're implicated. So as an employee, um, you've taken on this title employee, you've become a human resource, okay? That is why all corporations have an HR department, human resource department. Okay, you've become a human resource. Well, that human resource has an asset to the corporation and that corporation has to pay tax on it. Well, the thing is, is they don't want to. So what they do is they get you to pay the tax. (laughs) So that's what that is. So it's all in the terminology. Also. If you are an employee and you receive um, a wage or an income or a salary, these are legal terms. These are taxable. All right? So if you work for a corporation, this is how it works. This is how so many people get caught out with tax because they get the language wrong. So if you go into court and the judge says to you, say you're fighting a tax bill or whatever it is, So the judge says to you, um, "Do you have um, a salary or income of fifty thousand pounds a year?" Now, if you say yes, you've just accepted the title income and salary, which are taxable. So you've lost. You see how that is? It's so sneaky in the language. So one of the things you can do, or there's many, many things you can do actually. First of all, you can change the terminology. So it depends on the size of the company that you work for. If you're really, if it's a small company. And um, what this also helps the boss out. So if the boss, instead of having employees, which he's now liable for, and he's going to take out insurance and all this nonsense, if he just hired subcontractors <laughs> and he paid them a fee, then, then there's no tax to be paid on that. Okay. So instead of having employees, you don't have employees anymore. You say, no, I've got subcontractors and I pay them a fee. That's one way you can do it. Or another way, you can be an employee, but then you say, I will work for free. And I instead of receiving a salary or a wage, okay, or an income, um, I want to receive a donation that actually goes into my trust fund. <laughs> so you work for free, and then the corporation pays the whole full amount, 100% into the trust. Okay, and that's because it's not technically your trust. You're just a beneficiary there's no tax to pay this is how the big boys do it this is why they've got foundations no one no billionaire pays tax (laughs) but it's in the language here's the thing as well if you turn if you say you work for yourself if you call yourself self-employed what have you just done you've labelled yourself employed which is taxable (laughs) so they'll come after you okay so now, that's is a simple level. I don't want to get too deep into it. It's much, much more complicated than that. Now, this is when you start getting into the SESTA KV Trust and what is actually working, or how the system actually works. is very complicated. But everybody is working in what is called the pleptorial system. Okay? This is the lowest jurisdiction there is. Uh, this is the jurisdiction of the pauper. This is the jurisdiction of a democracy. This is the jurisdiction that is controlled by government, okay? Government's very low down on the totem pole. People don't understand this. They think government's at the top. No, it isn't. It's really low down. There's three main jurisdictions. Private, which is the ultimate jurisdiction. That's yours. There's nothing higher above that unless you're religious and you think God. So you've got the private jurisdiction. That's you, the living, breathing man. In the middle of that, you've got what you've called the national level. This is a national jurisdiction, Okay below that you've got the pauper jurisdiction at the national level you have got you've got central banks these are banks that deal in gold and silver and this sort of stuff in the pauper section you've got high street banks these are for the paupers so the paupers do not use money they're not allowed to use money they use these notes of debt this is fiat currency okay these are credit notes, IOUs, okay? There's no value here at all. It's not backed by anything. This is what high street banks use. This is what the paupers use. Now, the way it works is that when you're born, a lot of people are waking up to this. Lot, when you're born, they create um, what is called a birth certificate, which is a corporation. It is is a debtor. It's a debtor corporation. And it's placed... Uh, at this pauper level, the lower level, okay? And you're not allowed to use money. You have to use credits. Now, I'm going to get a little bit complicated here, so stay with me, everybody, if you're watching this. There's two forms of credit. One that is created at the national level, okay? This is done through your signature, the living, breathing, if you like, okay? This is done through your certificate of live birth, which is one form, on the other side would be your birth certificate all right so you've got two basically corporations i'll make it simple one that works at the national level okay that creates the credit okay you're the creditor at that level and then you've got another document okay which is the debtor which has to pay that off okay that's your birth certificate that's the one you've got okay that's your cap's name okay that one is the pauper that one is bankrupt that one operates in the pleptorial system it operates in the jurisdiction of a democracy it operates underneath the government you have to abide by acts and statutes now this one this is the debtor okay but what the government does is they use this one this is the certificate of live birth your name your signature to create the credit okay and they use it through, they do it through a trust which is a foreign situ trust operating at the national level so the way this works you go into a um, mortgage company, okay, and you want to buy. You want to borrow some money, and you want to buy a house. So you, you go in, there and they'll give you a document to sign. It'll be a mortgage contract, but what it basically is is like a very large promissory note or very large uh, contract that allows the mortgage company access to your your um, national foreign sit you trust the trust that creates the credit okay that's the 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 middle jurisdiction okay so you'll sign it now as soon as you sign it remember this your signature is worth money it's worth billions okay so once you sign a document okay that document becomes charged it has got value because you signed it and if it says two hundred and fifty thousand pounds on it that's what that document is worth you've just created Two hundred and fifty thousand pounds in brand new credit okay so this credit is created it's your credit you're the creditor so at that point you can just say thank you very much i've created the credit i can buy my house that's it i own my house don't make any payments nothing i own it thank you but that's not what the mortgage company does so they take this your credit your private credit done at the national level they take that they give it to the bank of england the Bank of England turns it into what is called public credit. Okay, public credit, which is this. So this now becomes a promissory note with what is written on there. It's Bank of England. This is a Bank of England promising to pay. But they've used your credit to do it. Okay. Now, you're then given these back to buy the house. Well, these now belong to the Bank of England. You have to pay these back. And you have to pay them at interest, okay? And not only that, but because this is a security, this is a um, financial instrument, okay, which has been created by the Bank of England, there is stamp duty to pay on this. This is why you pay stamp duty when you buy a house. Because you've just created the £250,000 in your credit. You've gone to the Bank of England, they've turned it into public credit, and they're charging you for that. So you pay stamp duty. And now when you figure this out, it's like, oh, my God. So you've paid the stamp duty. And then you end up paying these notes back to the Bank of England. Okay? And you have to pay interest on that as well. So you've got to pay interest on that. And, of course, the mortgage company takes a slice as well. So they're all taking a slice. Now, going back to the tax thing. Because you're using this, it's not yours. It is owned by the Bank of England. It's not yours. Even if you work... And someone gives you this. It is not yours. It's the Bank of England's. I'll just add to something as well. If you use these to buy your house, you haven't bought it. You don't own it. Because what's happened is, is the Bank of England has promised to pay, not you. So the Bank of England has promised to pay. So what the, what the Bank of England does is, says, okay, if we're promising to pay for this house, you have to register it. What does register mean? Handing over ownership. So what you do is you hand over the, uh, your house to, and you, to the land registry, they own it, you become a tenant, so you're a tenant in your own house, until these are paid back, and even then, once these are paid back, no one changes the deeds, no one can read, they don't know how deeds read, it says statutory resident, or statutory tenant, or you've got a lot, which is lease of title, or it's got your legal name on there, not your name. So people don't even know what they've got. They think they've got a DC house. I read it, go, no, you don't. It's not yours. So because you are now using these, you have to pay tax on it. <laughs> and that's how they do it. So there is a pseudo contract going on here. Okay. But because the average person can't figure this out, they don't know. They don't know what this is. They think this is money. They don't know anything at all. They can't see the contract, you see. So the IRS and the Inland Revenue and all the rest of will not tell you this. This is the problem. However, they should. And this is where the system starts to show its fraudulent side. So if you challenge the creditor, say, for example, on your mortgage. So if you challenge the creditor, if you contact your mortgage mortgage company and say, oh, hang on a minute, can you please tell me who the creditor is on this mortgage on, on this mortgage contract? They have a fiduciary responsibility to tell you. They are supposed to tell you, but they will not. Because if they do, the game is up. Because if they come back and give you a letter saying, yeah, you're the creditor, then you go, well, why am I making monthly payments then? Because I'm the creditor. I'm not the debtor. So this is where the fraud comes into play. When people start to challenge it, and then the corporations are like stonewalling you, they're giving you bluffs, they're... They're giving you bogus information. That's where the fraud is. Okay. I mean, technically, the fraud is with the contract because you were never given informed consent. I mean, if you think about it, why would you even agree to this? Why would you agree to a mortgage contract if you've got the ability to write 250,000 pounds in credit and then just go off and buy your house with no payments whatsoever? Why would you agree to an agreement? Well, a mortgage company will take your private credits, turn it into public credits, and then you spend 25 years making monthly payments at interest. Why would you even accept that? You wouldn't. So there's no informed consent. So every single mortgage contract out there is completely and totally and utterly fraudulent. There's no debt. And this is the same with the student loans, credit cards, any form of debt. Every time you use a credit card, you're creating brand new credit in your name, and it's unsecured. You haven't even agreed to pay it back. And then the credit card companies come after you, say you've not made any payments. and says, well, where's my signature? (laughs) When did I agree? (laughs) But yeah, so credit, every time you use a credit card, you're creating new credit. Every time you write a check, you write, you're creating new credit. Every time you make direct debits. So on your bank account, you make a direct debit. It's making new credit, brand new. And the credit that is created sits in the bank for three years and you're supposed to collect all that, but no one's told this. So after three years, the bank scoops up all these credits that you created. So yeah, I mean, if people just woke up to this, I mean, people are. The word's out now. You know, it's not just me talking about this. Um, listen to Bacus. Um, There's a whole load of other people speaking out now. It's all to do with the birth certificate. It's you have become a bonded slave. So your signature is used to create at least $100 million in credit. And you're living on scraps. And then you're forced to work until you're 65. And then you're forced to earn these and pay them back. And you're being taxed at 85% on these. The average person doesn't know that. They think, oh, I'm only being taxed at 40% with my income tax. No, you pay two lots of national insurance, don't you? So, you know, the, the your boss has to pay something like 12% and then you pay another 11. So add that together. And then when you do get your, uh, your salary, what about your council tax? What about the road tax? You know, what about the duty on fuel? I mean, the thing with fuel, Libya pays two P for a litre of petrol in this country we're paying what, one pound 50. I mean, come on people, you've got to wake up. At what point do you wake up? So I know a lot of people say, oh, the great awakening is happening. <laughs> I'm still waiting <laughs> there are people waking up but I'm, I'm, they're not on the streets yet so yes if you do use these you have to pay tax on it and of course now you understand where the stamp duty comes from because you're converting your private credit into public credit there's a stamp on these but you paid the bank for doing it if you want to uh, you um, own your house outright you would buy it with gold because at that point or silver, gold or silver, because you are then literally paying. That's the only way you can pay for something is through gold and silver, because there's no third party risk. It's not a contract. You own it outright. OK, you've got a loyal title. And if I buy your house and I give you some gold coins, you own you own the gold coins. I own your house. That's trade. No third. There's no third party involved. That's the only way you can own your house. But don't panic, everyone. The system is null and void because you were not informed. So you can take your house back, <laughs> and there is a way of doing that, quite easy, really. So yeah, that hopefully that explains the tax side of things.
0: <laughs> okay, so I mean, I'm in a situation where um, I've they want me to pay a bundle of tax right now, right? Uh, because I put in the self assessment a few years ago. Um, okay. Is there any way out of that, or do I do I have to actually deal with that and now step out of the system?
1: Well, there's two ways you can do the tax thing. Um, you can accept for value. That's quite... Okay, this is what's happening. Let me try and explain what's going on. Because you are operating in the... Uh, plebitorial system the um, pauper system the pauper jurisdiction remember the lowest of the low jurisdiction the democracy controlled by government because you're operating in that um, there is no money we're using credit and debt it's almost like um, two sides of the of a ledger Um, so they mark off credits and on the other side is debts and it's supposed to tally up okay now what the the, I'm going to go simple. So what the tax corporation is doing, because remember, the tax it's a corporation. The tax man, if you like, inland, you know, IRS, all, they are corporations just like McDonald's. That's all they are. They've got no authority. OK, but what they're doing is they're literally asking you, can we dip into your trust fund for this tax that you owe because you're actually using these? So the average person thinks you're supposed to be paying with these. You're not. All you're supposed to be doing is say to the uh, taxman, yes, help yourself dip into my trust fund and take your tax and help yourself to my credit. That's what's going on. But they use a very complicated language and documents that the average person can't read. So it's not spelled out correctly. Um, but you can, there is ways to do it. I'm still working on the a perfected version There's people out there doing similar systems. I'm looking at it and I think there's bits missing on this, okay? So that's one way of doing it. You say, yes, you can send a letter back. Um, You can stipulate. You can quote your... um, See, really, technically, you need the account number for your foreign situ trust, which that's almost impossible to find. I'm still working on that. But if you can find the, the account number for your foreign situ trust that was set up when you were born, then you would actually say to the taxman, yes, help yourself to the credits, that's the account you need, have at it, okay? But it's not. It's a lot more, more complicated than that. So that's one way you could do it. Another way is you can actually write your own promissory note. Because remember, we do not use money in the plebatorial system. We do not use money in the pauper system. There is no money. It's all promissory notes. And here's the thing, is you have the right to create your own promissory notes. This is a promissory note from the Bank of England. Well, you have the same right.
0: You can write one of these as well. Oh, so you, uh, the, there was a farmer a while ago who was so cross uh, that he wrote his promissory note on a cow. and sent
1: <laughs> Yes, I probably wouldn't suggest using the cow, but you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you using promissory notes? Well, what we've got at the minute is we are trying to perfect the promissory I, I do have a promissory note um, procedure on my computer that I've got. I've looked at lots of them online and I've been dealing with people and this is the basic process, if you like. They're not bad. They should work. Um, Some are being rejected. Some are being accepted. Now, the thing with promissory notes and except for value as well, by the way, and in fact, anything. okay, all the documentation that we are doing, even notices um, and affidavits even, what's happening you can get your per, your paperwork absolutely perfect, but then the people within the system are still not processing it. They're not taking it, which they have to, but they're not. This is where the criminal, fraudulent uh, behavior is coming from. Okay, so yes, you can do a promissory note. Will it work? 50 Um, I, I mean, I can give you an example. Is that um, I got rid of a, a bus line ticket, bus lane ticket it just took me one notice and it was gone um, someone else I gave some, someone else had a, a ticket as well in the same area from the same agency I gave them my template. templates try that they tried it they got a completely different result and they had to pay the ticket and that should not have happened you go well, how does that work you know two exactly the same pieces of paperwork two different results so again this is a numbers game all right like we discussed regarding the um, deregistration of your car. Um, I'd like to do the same thing with council tax. So if you get 100,000 plus people who say, you know what, I've had enough of this scam with the council tax, okay? Um, we know that the council is a private corporation. We know they're using fraudulent paperwork. We know all this. If we can get organized, we can get rid of it. It's the same with taking your house back. An individual will really struggle and fight to take the house back. But if you're part of 100,000 people plus and you've got the power and the network there, guess what? You get your house back. The same with the tax. You get 100,000 plus people all fighting the tax and they say, hang on a minute, are we the creditor here? Then that's the end of that. Promissory notes. You get 100,000 plus people all doing promissory notes.
0: Those promissory notes will be accepted. So it's a numbers game. If we're going to step out of the existing system, because I mean, trying to change government or whatever is just impossible. It's way better to have a yeah. new system where people step into that. Yep. Um, I'm just trying to focus on what what would you know, using the systems that you are outlining. What would actually be the best place to start if you're going to get a hundred thousand people, uh, let's say, as a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want to focus them, you know, because council tax in a way is a, a distraction. Yes, it's an annoyance, but that's it, it it's not going to change much mm-hmm. uh, if 100,000 people start paying income tax. Um, I, I, I don't know where, where do you think we should start? Now, this is difficult, yes.
1: Um, normally, see, what I've been doing for the past couple of years or so is trying to educate people to how the system works or get them up to a level where they understand how this system works and then basically I, I see what it is that they struggle with why what, what problems do they have I mean utilities is another one so people you know are struggling to pay gas and electric bills even though it's not gas and electric you're buying debt so it is difficult to say which one shall we pick um, which ones are unpopular Let's put it that way, okay? So there's a lot of people out there. Um, they think, you know, council tax is unpopular. ULES is unpopular. Um, the 15-minute cities is definitely unpopular. Um, so it's difficult to get enough people behind this. That's the problem. This is why I'm trying to get the word out with the Sovereign Project. Um, we do have uh, over 12, 12 and a half thousand members now learning this, which is good in 75 countries. So they're beginning to learn. We've got over eight workshops now. So we're learning. We're teaching people this. We do an online course now. So we've got getting on for 500 people on the online course, learning this. And then when they've learned this, they're going to be setting up groups. So what I'm trying to do is this is the first stage. So I'm trying to set up groups in all these areas and they have to be educated. They have to be de-brainwashed, okay? So get rid of the brainwashing. You become sovereign. You know about how the system works now. You know it's all commerce. You know that the police have no authority and all the rest of it. You know how courts work. It's all administration. It's a big scam. When you get enough people like that, and I've got my network going, then we can decide what we're going to do, and we can pick one and say, right, what should we tackle next? I mean, I'm currently working on a council tax remedy myself. I'm just testing the water right now, seeing how far I can go. So... Yes, it's difficult. Um, Another thing is obviously funding this. Um, Luckily, I'm sort of uh, comfortable. Um, So um, when I started the sovereign project, I was able to do it with my own money, which is fine. Um, Thankfully, now I do get a little bit of money from uh, donations and whatnot, so that pays for certain things, which is really good. But some of the things that I need to do, like the app, um, the gold bank notes I want to bring over here, all this will need funding. so I've got to look into that. But as more and more people join and learn and the word spread. I mean, on average we have 10 people a day joining the sovereign project which is pretty good. And the more podcasts I do, more people find out about sovereign project, they join, they learn this, they spread the word. Basically the sovereign project is fight club. We're just learning this. Don't act on it yet. <laughs> when there's enough of us and we get organized, I can get the funding. We'll pick something. I mean, personally, for me, I like the deregistration of the car. That's relatively easy, okay? That should create a firestorm. I mean, the thing is, is if you get your car back, it's going to save you a fortune, okay? you yeah. Save you a fortune, and you can't be restricted anymore. The speed limits don't apply. People are sick of it. I don't know anyone who hasn't been sent a speeding ticket or some form of ticket they're they're doing it left right and center now and it's trivial it's like we got a letter on email someone was doing 36 and a 30 limit he's got a thousand pound fine and six points people have had enough okay if you've had enough you deregister your car it all goes in the bin. oh by the way bailiffs can't touch your car once it's deregistered that's another thing as well but um it's educating people. You educate people on this, then we connect. But, yeah, um, utility bills, council tax, deregistering the car, you, Les, 50 minutes. Take your pick. <laughs> Which one well, do you want to go
0: for? So, I mean, it seems to me that it all comes down to promissory notes. Yes. And what if 100,000 people use promissory notes for all those things?
1: Absolutely.
0: Pick one. Just just that's, that's what the game is, right? We're just going to write our own money. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be game over.
1: <laughs> so you get your council tax through, you go, fine, whatever, back to Pom Semyon. There you go. <laughs> mm.
0: Because I, I see 100,000 people being more interested in dealing with everything than picking a target.
1: True. True. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, there's a lot of um, problems out there, there's a lot of issues. Uh, Pom out definitely solves a lot of those issues. OK, uh, it doesn't solve all because obviously the registration of your car and your house and your children and your business, that's a big one. So you've got to take all those back. All right. I mean, the deregistration of your kids is, should be priority for a lot of people. Get your kids back. Don't put them in school. By the way, if you put a kid in, your, in school, you've lost ownership of the kid. You're, you're, you've got no control now. The, the, the state is the guardian and the school is basically the second guardian, and you have got no say, you've got a lower title in the school. This, I mean, people are getting, parents are getting their fine now for taking their kids out of school. People should wake up and go, well, if it's my kid, how, how can I get fined? Well, wake up, it's not. You registered it, you gave it away. It's state property now. But again, don't want to scare people. It's still a scam. It's not legitimate. Yes, your kids are yours. It's just the legal system pulls you in but yeah um promissory notes would really be good um i do have a promissory note uh, remedy on my computer that i'm working on i keep going back to it every now and again in fact i've got give you an idea of just how busy i am i've got somewhere between 150 and 200 projects i'm currently working on and if i was going to do it all it's 50 years worth of work so i've got to pick some and not do others
0: really? <laughs> You know, yeah, it's insane. so. So what is the number one top priority for you? If, if, well, you're, if you could only do one, because you might as well
1: concentrate on that. Yes, deregistration, I think, would be the absolute key. Because I I, I I, own my own house. Well, I thought I did, but now I find out <laughs> I haven't. I don't. <laughs> I want it back. So um I want my car back as well. So I want that back. Um I mean, Bill's side of it, you know, I'm comfortable, so I can cope with my bills. It's not a, well, my bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. we're not no, my bills. But not very that, sovereign. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know. um, so I can cope with that. But, um, I mean, okay, within the Sovereign Project, there's a, I've got at least 20-plus people helping me now. I've got a real good team. Um, I've got some good people that I know. I've got some specialists. Um, We're all sort of working on different areas at the minute, and we're trying to pull it all together and try and create a package.
0: But it is a lot of work. So Um, Let me just speak about funding for a second, because um, I'm sure you've heard this idea. has been put forward as a way to create a people's bank, which is that people uh, pledge that in the event... That there was a run on the bank or something went wrong that they would undertake in that emergency uh, to give a thousand pounds to the bank or a hundred pounds to the bank or ten thousand pounds to the bank so you essentially have way more backing than any of the other banks have as they're all these individuals so you could start a million pound bank a 10 million pound bank just on pledges alone and i wonder whether that could be used in conjunction with what you're talking about That's
1: possible That's possible. I mean, I do have some
0: friends of mine that
1: are in the crypto stroke banking world, if you like, and we're chatting about certain solutions. I mean, one of the problems is, as you probably heard, is that, you know, Nigel Farage getting uh, his bank account removed. This is great because it's put it in front of the public. It has, yeah. Everyone's talking about it because if it can happen to him, it can happen to anyone. So, um, and what's happening as well is a lot of people are receiving emails where the banks are now saying that we can restrict what goes in and what goes out of your bank. And people go, what the hell's going on? So that's another thing I'm working on. I want to try and create the, a banking solution. So if we can say, oh, I'm not using the high street banks anymore. I'm not going to use them anymore. I've got my own bank. So again, it's early days. I'm talking with some people. I'm trying to put some pieces together. I mean, a lot of my work is networking. You know, I'm trying to pull people, people the right people who are, p- who are professional and uh, they, they're they good at their specialists, yeah, the they're, they're specialists, their specialty, and then pull these people together to create the remedies. Uh, one man can't do it all. And that's the problem. But, yeah, I want to create a, a banking solution, um, which I would suggest would probably operate within some sort of crypto system and gold and silver. Okay. Okay. Um, if anyone, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the gold-backed notes. They they are really good. I've, I've chatted to the CEO that, um, well, I had someone else do it for me. It was like a friend of mine. Chatted to the CEO, and he is interested in getting the notes over here in this country. These are notes made out of real gold, okay? So, now, technically, this is a note because it's a, um, it's an instrument. It's a, um, a, a financial instrument. That's why it's called a note, okay? Um, if it was made out of gold then technically it's not a note it's just gold, but it looks like a note okay so it just has the appearance but it's made out of physical gold um you can get into them for very cheap so um it is i think the 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 cheapest note is something like three dollars and forty cents something like that and you can get into them real gold got um you can't um you can't uh, make counterfeits no third party risk no tax to pay. So I can get those. If I can get enough people interested in that, I can get it over here. Okay. For that, we can use silver coins, gold coins, cryptos. There's The solutions are there, but trying to pull it all together. That's the difficult thing. And if people wanted to get involved, I mean, I know that people can donate. Well, and I've had a few donations, which is nice. Um, but I would like to be able to offer a service that people pay for. You know, so it's like um, if you wanted to deregister your car, I'd like to offer a service that we could offer legal support and the app and all the rest of it. Because if people, donations take you so far, but if people say, you know what, I'll pay and I'm actually now receiving a service, they'll be more receptive. Um, so that's something I'm trying to work on as well. But there's so many projects I'm working on now. I mean, this all started a couple of years ago and all I was trying to do is wake people up about mandates, <laughs> I did a podcast on Mark Devlin, just saying to people that's not how mandates work. And now look at me, <laughs> I'm doing the software project, and <laughs> I'm doing speaking events, I'm doing podcasts, and networking. And it's funny how life takes you down this this path. Never planned this. Um, yes, but there are solutions. So I don't want people to panic, but please, people, you don't wait to be saved. Don't just sit back. Do your work do your education, learn this stuff, get networked, share the sovereign project, that sort of stuff. Um, that's what people should be doing. So, um, but yeah, and I, I do lack, I do, even though I've got a good team, you know, 20 plus people do help me out with a lot of things. Um, I do need my team to be bigger because there's so much work going on now. It's. I need more people to come on board and help out. <laughs> I've got projects that I need doing. <laughs>
0: All right, so if they want to email and you say, me, 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 sure. uh, which email is the best one? Yes, there
1: is an um, email. Um, if you go on the website, which is the sovereignproject.live, okay, I'll just run through this now. Um, there's an email on there and it says collaborations, okay? you got one for general inquiries, and I've got a few people that monitor the email accounts for me because um, we're getting constant emails. So collaborations email, it's on the website, Um, Oh, just mention something else. We're trying to put together a business directory, okay? So this is people who've got businesses who want out of the system. So what the plan is, is when we get enough people signed up to this, we'll be able to offer them the tools like PMAs and deregistration and all that sort of stuff, okay? So there's a business directory there. We have a crypto specialist on that as well. If you want to get into crypto, we've got someone there that can help. If you're ex-police, ex-military, there's an email for that. So we've got an ex-policeman who's waiting for your emails that could take, you know, uh, have a listen to what you have to offer. We've got two trust specialists now. So if you want to set up a trust, we've got two specialists on there, trust specialists that can help you. Uh, one of them runs a course, teaches how trusts work. We've got workshops. We've got chess clubs. And we've got all the emails on there. So if you want to find a local workshop to you, there's a page that shows you where the workshops are. And then you can email those people and set up a meeting with them, go down to their workshop and you know that sort of stuff. So there's a lot going on. We have loads of social media, Facebook, Telegram, Instagram, Gab, MeWe, Odyssey. And I think we're on Discord as well. So yeah, if people want to get involved. Now, we are looking for like, Skilled people. So we're looking for someone who's got a real good skill, something that's really going to contribute. Um, so if you think we've got, you've got something to offer like that, get in contact, I'll tell you something that we could do with. Um, if you're really good at designing T-shirts, you have artistic, okay? And you can come up with that. We could, we could use someone to come on board because I do have another project I'm working on called um, Operation Shepherd. And that's going to, I need some marketing people involved on that. But what this is, is to get this information out to people. Don't need to go into it too much. But we do need t-shirts and banners and all this making as well. So, yeah, if you want to get involved, there's a
0: collaborations email on the website.
1: Please feel free to use it.
0: Well, brilliant. Do do you know what popped in my mind when you were seeing t-shirts, somebody to design them? Mm-hmm. the reality these days is there are people who are employed to do 10 jobs let's say t-shirt design and they're using chat gpt to do it <laughs> yes. I mean... literally 10 jobs yes they're not doing it <laughs>
1: I might look into that.
0: <laughs> and, and of course, this is the sort of money that they make.
1: Oh, look at that! There you go. Yes, ten billion dollars.
0: <laughs> exactly. And of course, they gave Zimbabwe gave up up the currency after it got to a hundred trillion. Oh yes. And I've I've got the proofs of where they were going to go next. You know, these notes say ten to the power of three hundred and three, which is <laughs> oh one centillion. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, just those lies and lines of naughts. Incredible. Yes. But I mean, it four months it took for the currency <laughs> yes. to go pop. Yes, once it goes um exponential,
1: you're not going to be able to stop it. And all currencies are going that way. You know, the pound, the dollar, it doesn't matter. That's why they got this central bank digital currency ready to go. But yeah, people have got to start waking up fast. Um, but don't panic everybody. there is a way out as long as you wake up you become
0: sovereign and you know it. it's all corporate <laughs> well fantastic pete thank you so much um i've learnt loads and i'm sure everybody's learnt loads so uh good on you for doing this work you know fantastic thank you very touch. much thank you very much yeah all right well i look forward to an update as your yes. knowledge progressed no problem
1: at all yes
0: um we'll we'll chat again and um
1: yeah no problem at all
0: cool so i'll cut it off there lovely bloody brilliant mate thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yeah um if you've got any health issues feel free to ask me okay family or whatever okay
1: i mean what we can do um is we are doing the business directory
0: so if you've got a website or something like that that yeah, you want yeah. to promote... Well, yes, absolutely. I've got two yeah. two websites. <clears throat> One of them is clivedecarl.com, which sells supplements. Then there's secrethealthclub.com. Um, have, have we signed you up to that? Um, not sure. Okay, not not sure. Sure. I will. Have to look. Yeah. Let's I make a note. I'll sign you up to it. Basically, when I first got attacked by the government, it was 2014... Name, okay. all my videos on youtube and so on uh, i thought well fuck this i'm going to start a club yeah and so which i did so all the information they want you to know is there and i was going to say to you um is your organization behind a club they just pay one pound to create a contract and now you've stepped outside uh their system you're not in yes. their society anymore you know you, the club is its own society thank you very much absolutely correct yes so it, um, might, it might prevent them taking you down we've got our website hosted in iceland if they try right. to take down that that website they have to have a court case in in iceland wow oh that's good to know <laughs> uh, so yeah that's good information yeah um, I've got uh, some... you know, the, the, the big problem is they can still close the bank account that's right and that's that right. one, I'm not sure what way round. Uh, you know, I mean, if people paid me in gold coin or silver coin, even if I declared the tax on it, it would only be the face value of the coin, mm. the actual value of the coin. And I was thinking, well, that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask to be paid in gold. But I think business is going to go through the floor. <laughs> yeah, not,
1: not a lot of people use gold and silver yet. But I think that's going to get very popular. It's going to get popular on the black market.
0: I know absolutely. that, sure. and and I mean those little credit cards. You know, they're selling like the you know cardboard with a little bit of gold. Yes, it, uh, you know that's pretty convenient.
1: Yes, absolutely. There's all solutions out there, but we have to. Uh, I was talking to uh, Lyndon Farrington. I don't know if you know the chappie.
0: No,
1: no. He might be worth if if you wanted him on as a guest or something like that. Um, he he runs a. Um, he's got a company that's got, he's got his own cryptocurrency called beep. And um, what he's trying to do is to create sort of networks of like local economies that use it. And it's outside the system. So So does it work like Monero? Very similar. You can use, in fact, you can use Monero and then you can go into his wallet and then you can spend it like that, but he can do it like, you know, the, what I like about his is the fact that it, it's like um, you know, Apple Pay. Everyone's using Apple Pay because it's nice and easy and convenient. That's what his is. So he's got the convenience of that. In fact, you can actually pay with your phone and just tap it. Wow. On the on a console in the shop and go beep and it beeps and go beep. That's what it's called. Beep, beep. I've paid. And you can switch between the um, he it was explained to me the other night, and it it you can have Monero, Bitcoin, all this sort of stuff. Very technical. And uh, completely open source, and uh, but that's Lyndon Farrington. Um, now he was saying the same similar sort of thing. If we get enough people using that network, then they will just stop using the pounds. I won't use this anymore. Um, you know, th- that's what you want is people will just get sick of it because they'll say, I mean, if you get into the central bank digital currency, you've got a time limit to spend that. You know, you, you, your bank account is limited to 20000 You can't hold any more than that. And you've got limitations where you can spend it. Who wants that? So we have to create something that's a lot more inviting and people will jump ship. So that's why I'm doing the business directory.
0: Do, do you know about the Wurgel?
1: I don't know that. It one. was
0: an Austrian. An Os- there's an Austrian tale. I've already got the pronunciation completely wrong. Uh, but it's it's spelt Wurgel. I think they say it Wurgel. And for about a year, they printed their own currency, and it was just local. And it worked really, really well for a year. Uh, how, how it actually worked was it, it, it lost 1% of value a month. So, so you're encouraged to spend it. But you didn't really have to. It wasn't Okay. Important. But it worked really well. So it's worth looking into. Sure. And then, of course, there's the Bradbury Pound, which you know all about, I'm sure. I do know about the Bradbury Pound, yeah. There's
1: a lot of solutions out there. I like the gold backs, and do you know um, Jason Noble, I thought, owns his own bank? Um, that might be someone you want to chat to. Is that the Island Man? That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. So, I know him, and I know he's trying to do a silver-backed uh,
0: note, so... Uh, is it is it actually up and running and working? Because I interviewed him a while ago, but I didn't put the interview out, because yeah. at that point, he was talking about it rather than it actually existing. Yes.
1: I don't think it's running yet. I think it's something he wants to put together. Um, It's
0: been a long time. Yes. Um, I don't mind, but he he was getting people to pay £500 to log in, to get into it, and I haven't seen um, the benefits so far, so I'm not... No.
1: True, true. There there was something not quite so good. So I've got some people on my team, and um, they signed up to the £500 thing, but they're not part of it anymore which is sad you know
0: that did happen um yeah i think i might answer my 500 pounds back
1: yes yeah i know i mean this is the thing as i would not be paying this is why i don't like donations um you know i mean people are free to give me a donation you know paypal or something that's not a problem but i don't want to take people's money
0: before i can deliver so you know i don't exactly exactly I, uh, but paypal shut me down a few years back and they sent me an email saying we've shut you down and uh, we'll review the situation and return your money in 15 months or something like that oh, so immediately i went on on paypal and they hadn't shut it so i took all the money out time <laughs> to seize it really really lucky <laughs> well i used to have um
1: a paypal button on my website and then PayPal was messing us about saying you have to register as a business and all this. I says no, and then they took the button away. So people have to manually use my email account to. So the PayPal still works, but I'm not allowed to have the button. I see. So, I see. Uh, but I will eventually. I want to do a, a, a crypto
0: solution anyway. A lot of people are using Sage Pay. No, is it Sage Pay? There's another one. So no, I can't remember what it is. Um, Stripe, that's it, Stripe. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Stripe. That's an alternative to PayPal. Yeah,
1: I've heard Stripe. Yeah, I might get into that. Yeah, that's that's I'm well, uh,
0: uh, From what happened to me, you could get cut off any day. That's true. Completely. And they don't want to give you your money back. You want to draw it out really regularly. Oh, I do. Uh, I mean, I emptied
1: my bank accounts back in 2015. So my life savings was in fiat, and I converted it all into gold and silver. Did very nicely because gold gold doubled. <laughs> so I'm oh, sick. That's why I'm quite comfortable now, so I could do this this project. But yeah, I don't hold any money. As soon as it gets too much, I draw it all out. Even though I mean, I tried to draw seven grand out the other day, and um,
0: manager was trying to give me, you know, third degree. Well, so- um, I, I heard somebody um, they wanted just over a thousand pounds, and the bank wasn't happy. And they asked them to come back. They came back. The police were there to question. Bloody hell. But, it's um, getting serious. Um, uh, do you know Max Egan? Yes, yes. No, not personally, but know of him. Max was telling me one day that <clears throat> in Australia, it was in the news that um, there had been a bank robber who was planning a, a bank heist, and the fridge overheard him and called the police. <laughs> So yeah, one of those smart fridges. Yeah, smart. Fridges. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that's quality, that is. But that's another thing. Yeah, get rid of these smart devices. <laughs>
0: right. All right. Well, let me speak Thanks. to you. I mean, some of what we just said was really interesting. I don't know whether mentioning that bloke's name, but um, I mean, do you care if you meant if we, meant, if we meant, keep, keep that bit in, should we cut that bit yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. So um, who did I mention again?
1: What's it um, no, the
0: bank guy? I can't remember. What it was. Jason, somebody.
1: Jason Noble. Did I mention that in the live part?
0: No, no, no. I I haven't turned the recording off. Oh right, okay. Um, so I just cut? I think I'll just cut that bit out. a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can do. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, Jason. I know Jason
1: We're sort of like you know, friends sort of thing. You know, so right. we've spoken a few times, and um, I, I do want to work with him. I know this. He's got history. But it's like all of them. It's like Guardians 300. It's like Common Law Court. It's like all of these sort of groups that have tried to do things. You know, I I, I hold judgment on them. I do hear bad things. It's like, um, what's the other one? Matrix Freedom is another one. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. No, Matrix Freedom, yeah. They took a lot of people's money because they promised to get rid of people's mortgages, you see. They said, oh, we can get rid of your mortgage for you. and okay. And they said, it's, it's, it's only going to cost seven grand. And then a lot of people said, well, I can't afford seven grand. And the the Matrix Freedom people said, well, just pay us to be using credit cards and we'll get your money back on the credit cards. Whoa. Exactly. And a lot of people did that and then Matrix Freedom did not deliver. So these people were down seven grand and now they've got the credit card companies after them. What a mess. And this is another reason I set up the Sovereign Project, to steer people in the right direction so you don't get scammed. There's so many scammers out there. You know, if anyone's asking you for money up front and say, I'm going to deliver in a year's time, don't pay them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so this is why I don't sell anything unless I can deliver. I'd sell my book. I've got the, uh, the sovereign manual now, only because people are asking for it. So we made the book. We've got this now. So we sell these, sovereign manual. But yeah, and I don't take, I've, I've been offered £400 an hour to give people advice and i've turned that down because i says look if i give you advice and it goes wrong you're going to blame me so i can't do it this is why i why when i talk i just say look i don't tell anybody what to do i just explain how it works that's all i do so um yeah i had a bit of a falling out with the white rabbit trust as well over that one so i don't know if you know uh, simon goldberg in, yeah so you know, it is what it is. He's got some good work, but um he tried to do a hit piece on me, which sort of backfired on him.
0: But, oh, uh, whatever. Oh, well. <sighs> uh, people will be people, and the, the big organisations obviously get infiltrated.
1: They do. They do. It's difficult. You know, people's
0: egos get in the way, and a lot of people are doing it for
1: the money. And uh... oh, well, There's time... a lot of undercover out there. There is. There is, so... Uh...
0: Do what I can. Well, fantastic. And you're doing brilliantly. Thank you very much, Pete. And as I say, if you need any health advice ever,
1: just let me know. Oh, excellent. No worries at all. And we'll have to start promoting your website for you as well. Um,
0: well, thank you. You you know you can affiliate on my side.
1: okay. We should probably do
0: that. Yeah, so you get 15% of sales and ongoing. Oh, okay. Maybe we can set up an affiliation page. Well, I mean, uh, Probably the person who's done best is a guy called Crow. Come across Crow? Crow, that rings a bell. Crow777. Ah, 777, yes. Now I don't yeah. know him personally, but know of him. So the first time I was on his show, which is quite big, we suddenly sold 20,000 quid's worth of products. And he, wow. got 15, he got 15%. Oh, he did all on, right On one day. What happened was that he got trigger finger and his sister just had an operation for her trigger finger and so I told him to take, I sent him in advance, vitamin C and magnesium. Mm. I told him to take those right then. One hour later, live on air, oh, <laughs> and we sell 30,000 quid's worth of magnesium.
1: <laughs> Magnesium's great. I take it all the time.